0: And it hasn't come up yet, so it might take a minute for me to be able to share it. Okay. All right, well, I'm not seeing it, so we'll just go ahead and get started. Um, this chapter is about parents and children. And uh, we had done part of the chapter previously. Um, So we're going to finish up this chapter today. And um, so she's talking about, she starts off in paragraph 395.2 talking about what particular sin? Anybody?
1: Ask the question again, Karen.
0: She starts off in this paragraph in 395.2 talking about what particular sin. Idleness. Idleness, yes. And what does she have to say about idleness?
2: The quote that we all know, idle mind is the devil's workshop. If you're not occupying yourself for the Lord, the devil's going to find something for you to do.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, has anybody ever had any experience with that? Any <laughs> personal experience with that as far as your kids or grandkids are concerned?
1: Well, yeah, just this morning. So my two-year-old grandson, I gave him a pencil and a sheet of paper, but I did not pay attention to him. I left him off to himself instead of, you know, I usually stay there and watch. So I come in and, um, you know, see it, but Holly was mortified. And so I came to see what happened. He had scribbled all over the wall with that pencil. And it, was, it wasn't light. It was pretty heavy and dark, you know, and stuff. Mm. I tell her, cause she was ready to turn to him, but I said, listen, I should have been watching him. So, mm-hmm. you know, just cleaning. We were able to get it all off, but yeah, he didn't have- He know, just like, saw that as a big drawing board, right? Yeah, well, he, yes. He didn't have any direction for, from parents or any parental guidance at that point. And he just <laughs> too, so he's gonna find something to do, just like the rest of us. If we don't have any guidance or nothing, you know, any moral ethics or values or, or, or I mean, or boundaries, then we, um, you we too will find ourselves wandering into doing something that is, you know, wasteful and and not productive and can be harmful.
3: Hmm.
0: And in that same paragraph, what does uh, Sister White compare the sin of idol? Or what city does she compare the sin of idol? Um, is it Sodom?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Sodom. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, right, and she says that, uh, behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, and neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. So not only was was she uh, Sodom idle and proud, but um, she neglected the poor and the needy, so. Um, that's something that I guess, as parents or even as grandparents, we should instill in our children usefulness with their minds and their hands, but also um, remember the poor and the needy, and also get rid of that pride. And then down in the next paragraph, what does she say children should be feel towards their parents?
2: Should feel that they're indebted to their parents who watched over them in infancy and nurse them in sickness. But like we had talked about in one of our previous classes, it doesn't seem to be that way with most kids.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: them and mm-hmm. educate them and train them and feed them and shelter them. And then as soon right. as they get a few teenage friends, they go listening to them
4: more than you.
0: And down at the bottom of that paragraph, what, is, what does she say about parents and their children as far as that goes? She says that some parents do not understand their children and are not really. What happened? There is often a great distance between parents and children, and if the parents would enter more fully into the feelings of their children and draw out what is in their hearts, it would have a beneficial influence upon them.
3: You dropped the
0: Right, and so. Um, in conjunction with children feeling indebted to their parents, she's saying that parents should really get to know their children. Mm. They should really get to know their children. And um, that part of the reason why, I guess, uh, since she's relating these in the same paragraphs that children may not feel indebted to their parents is because their parents don't, don't take the time to get to know their children and have a beneficial influence upon them. Yeah, everybody
2: everybody seems to be so busy. A little bit above where you started reading, Karen says, if the the children could see their mother's tears and hear her prayers to God in their behalf, if they could listen to her suppressed and broken sighs, their hearts would feel, and they would speedily confess their wrongs and ask to be forgiven. So that's one good reason why we should pray with our children so that they can hear us pleading for their souls and for their righteousness as well. And listen mm-hmm. to what we're facing as adults so that they will find some empathy and their feelings will come out. Uh, tell them how you used to handle with the kids acting up and then you talk to them and pray with them.
1: Mm. What kids? <laughs> <laughs> some of the children and um mm-hmm. and um and in you my would office. Talk to them. Okay. Well, you know. See, with those kids, those are not my children. And they already have a lot of stuff already formed when they come to the office. And sometimes they would be in my office unsupervised. But I really did give them, a, um, I just kind of started a little token thing where it's kind of funny, they, out, they would be in the office jumping around, screaming, howling, just being ridiculous. And um, so I would come out, you know, I may be in a session with someone, and There may be two or three out there uh, from another family. And so I would come out inevitably. There's always one child doing something right. So I would give that child maybe a token and say, you know, I like the way you're sitting down. If they're reading a book, I'll say, I like the way you're see you reading a book. Then the other kids, if, if I say, I like the way you're sitting down, they will all sit down. If I gave a token for reading a book, they'd all get a book. You know, if I say you required, quiet, they would all stop talking. And pretty soon, you know, um, and then I would say, you need 10 tokens to get at the end of your session and stuff. But um, in the end, the kids would say, "Miss Carroll, you're not giving us tokens anymore." And I said, "That's because you guys are doing what you need to do." And so she said, "But I still like to get tokens." So in the end, a positive way of coming to them, and, and I did we'll talk to them in their sessions about what needs to happen. You don't need to be the you know the center of attention. you're just one of the group, you don't have to be the whole group, et cetera. So I think a positive approach with kids, and we don't know on way. It really does.
0: I think so. Okay. okay. All right. Um, and then down to the next paragraph, and, and, and I've seen this particular thing going on where children do little things that are cute, I guess wow. supposedly cute when they're little and parents just indulge them in that and they laugh about it and they mm-hmm. joke about it. Mm-hmm. But then when those kids get older, it's not cute anymore. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's not cute at all. Mm-hmm. And so it says, she says in the uh bottom half of that paragraph she says habits first formed and not easily forgotten and it's going to be harder to correct those children when they get older you know like if the children say those smart things back to their parents when they're little and their parents just laugh and joke it off and and uh, and, and dismiss it and uh, and then it says parents you should commence to discipline the minds of your children while they are very young to the end that they may be christians that all your efforts be for their salvation. Act as though they were placed in your care to be fitted as precious jewels to shine in the kingdom of God. Beware how you lull them to sleep over the pit of destruction with the mistaken thought that they are not old enough to be accountable, not old enough to repent of their sins and profess Christ. You know, that, that sentence, that last sentence really struck me, because I don't think parents realize when they're indulging their children like that and overlooking the things that they do, that they are lulling them to sleep over the pit of destruction. Mm-hmm.
2: No, they just think it's cute, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, mm-hmm. It's cute when they're little, but when they grow up, it's not. And a good uh, physical illustration of that is, uh, you know, those little ballerina shoes, they're real cute, but they know cute when it's a size 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Our kids mm-hmm. are It's cute when they're little, but when right. they grow up, it ain't cute no more.
0: And I guess some people think that when children are young, they don't have the mindset or the ability to profess Jesus. But what's interesting is that the Bible says, except you become as little children, mm-hmm. you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so the mindset of little children is exactly the mindset that we need to have. In order to make eat. it into the kingdom. You now she says, be-
1: uh, huh? Bad behavior uh, in children's, like uh, you know, a misplaced, you know, how the trees drop a seed. We call those things weeds when those little trees grow up. And you can pluck them up out the ground. You can pluck it up out of the ground. But if we don't pluck that uh, bad habit up out of the ground when they're young and tender, it's hard to get rid of that, really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know what? I um, planted some mint one year in my little flower bed outside and uh i didn't know until after i had planted it because sister morgan told me and she said you know that mint is just gonna overgrow everything (laughs) and not only does it overgrow everything but it comes back every year Mm -hmm. every year is back again overgrowing everything and taking over everything Mm -hmm. and so that I think that's kind of what you're talking about as far as little children, that as they grow older and that mindset of rebellion and what we used to be cute is not cute anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, that that spirit takes over as they get older.
3: Yeah, and that um, was spirit that takes, that have children killing their parents when they don't, they don't get certain things. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's when the parents bring the kids to church and want the church to do something or take them mm-hmm. to school and went to school to fix them. You right. Them when they were little.
0: Right. right. I right. remember Oak Oakwood right. was notorious for that. They would send their kids down there to the academy, expecting the academy to straighten them out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yep. like they said, like they say sometimes, uh, how they put it with baptism, you go down a dry devil and come up a wet devil.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they started doing that at Pine Forge for a long time. And so they started... Um, having the kids come with a letter from the principal and a letter from two teachers to talk about their behavior because they were like, we're not gonna be a reform school anymore. Right. We're gonna see that the kids come with a good attitude. So they made the uh, teachers uh, give their uh, character report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause a lot of parents are just pushing their problems off on somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, a child that wanted to get baptized when he was very young, and the mother was like, "Yeah," and the father was like, "No, he doesn't know what he's doing." But you know, the the I remember uh, a um revival that um, Pastor Ferguson preached when one year, and he said that basically, um, if the devil can use them, the Lord can use them. So let him go ahead and get baptized. You know, whatever age, if they hear the voice of the spirit calling, let don't stand in the way. And you know, that could have are. been,
3: the, and that could have been Satan using the dad against that. Could yeah. have been. Could you have been. know, we are,
1: all of us are coming to Christ. We don't fully know or fully understand. You know, the whole thing. That's why it's like sacri- We have to continue to study. You know, continue to move forward in studying because you know there's some stuff I learned this year that I didn't know last year for sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. The Adventist church doesn't believe in infant baptism, but there's nothing wrong with youth baptism. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And she says at the bottom of that paragraph 396.2, teach your children that youth is the best time to seek the Lord. That's when the burdens of life are not heavy upon them and their young minds are not harassed with care and they're free to devote the best of their strength to God. And so she's saying that is the very best time. For Children to, to draw close to God and teach them about the Lord.
3: It's like, um, don't get they don't go want, ahead. uh, don't come in when you're old and waggly and decrepit and give your last to God. You should have given mm-hmm. your best to God mm-hmm. when you were
0: had the vigor of your youth to, yeah. um, to, to devote to Him. But God and, uh, will take our old and decrepitness as well. <laughs> I knew our you, yes, you were saying.
3: I was and gonna I say, old, well, he'll take that too, but still.
1: <laughs> and, and our old and decrepitness can um, can um um do a whole lot for God if we allow it to. Can do more for God than some of these young people. Uh, just based on how much we allow God to use us, so
3: no. But some people wait till they're older. That's what I'm trying to say. I just asked well, and I, and questions. and I
0: think the point is, is that if you start in your youth, you can spend so many more years of devotion to Christ if you start <clears throat> early than if you start later on in life.
2: Yeah, it says the Lord calls young men because they're strong and energetic, young men and young women. But again, God can use any of us at any time.
3: Yes, right. I believe that. Right. I, was,
2: I was looking at this verse, Karen, right above where you had read Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now that creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say I have no pleasure in them. And mm-hmm. I remember my home church right before I was going off to college. Uh, they gave me some money and they had a card with that verse in it. And of course, mm-hmm. I took the money and didn't even think about the verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the mm. evil days did come where I said, I wish I had never done this stuff. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. Lord is true. His word is a warning to us and a beacon to keep us off the rocks. Right. Of but sometimes we don't listen and we end up, right. and I had no pleasure in that foolishness.
0: Right.
5: And, <clears throat> if I say, Like if you, if, you, if, you, if you, there's a text in the Bible that says, you know, grow your child in admiration and fear of the Lord so that when he grow whole or she, they may not depart. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons, too is that while <clears throat> while 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 they're young, they're more you know um, they're more they're more able to to grasp what you say you know um, they're more willing to listen and um, you know when they learn it you know it, it's a part of them so even if even if when they grow older and they see other ways of life and they adapt to it what was planted in them is still there so. Um, is that it's always good for the parents to just instill those principle, you know, Bible principle in their children while they're at a tender age.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, excuse me for just one second. Okay, and then the next paragraph she talks about um, basically how children are really um, the devil is after them. And she said there's a heavy current setting downward to perdition for them and that much strength is needed to press against this current and not be weighed down or pulled down by it. And ooh, and, and then this next, paragraph, next sentence, she says the youth generally seem to be Satan's captives and he and his angels are leading them to certain destruction and that um, he will try to perplex and overcome them with his temptations that they may become discouraged and give up the warfare. You know, I always think about the fact that, that we need to pray for our children, pray for our grandchildren, because the enemy is there. And when school, when school was in session, really school had them more waking hours than, you know, the parents or the, or or the grandparents even have them. And so You know, that influence, especially if you don't have them, like in Christian education, that influence is going to weigh on them and it's going to drag them backwards. I remember my children, they always wanted to do what their friends were doing, running the streets and all that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't allow them to do that. But, you know, um, I think that we have to pray for our children, pray for our grandchildren, pray for the children in the church period, because there may be some that nobody's praying for. You know, and that's one of
1: the main things. Like they're saying, we want the schools back open, so that kids won't uh, their social skills, won't <laughs> won't go undeveloped. They're supposed to learn social <laughs> skills. I have to say, I say that I will say that every week, every day, parents are supposed to teach their children how to act. They're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to leave that up to anybody else. That's our job,
0: mm-hmm. is to give
1: them that. So, you know, that's a big mistake right there. If you want your children to their social skills from
4: those at the school, really? And you know, to comment on what Lakita is saying, I said, we as a department, the Family and Consumer Science Department, we used to get all of these uh, texts from our uh, principal saying, well, you guys are Family and Consumer Science, y'all should be able to handle this and handle that. And we like, but if they haven't been taught how to behave at home, you wanna stick them in our classes because nobody else wants them. And then, mm-hmm. when they have to follow rules in our class, they're out of control. I mean, you think about family consumer science. We had sewing machines, knives, and stuff. And they was like, well, we got to put them somewhere. And we like, well, let us talk with the parents so we can understand, you know, the behavior part of it. And then, like I said, then you have special school districts that step in. And I'm like, now we find finding out, even in some of the Christian schools, they've got special school district people that are stepping in and I'm like, these parents have got to understand you can't stick a kid in front of a TV and think that's where the social skills are going to be picked up from, or a computer. Right, right. And that well, is that is so important
0: yeah. because yeah. whatever goes in is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And if TV is going in, and it's so funny because um, my husband said something to me today, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday. And uh, it had to do with um, something that, oh, it had to do with a police shooting, and he said, "Well, the police they they're supposed to um, they're supposed to give an active shooter a chance to throw down their weapon and and, and give themselves up." And I said, <laughs> "That's TV. <laughs> yeah, that's TV." <laughs> and so. We have been molded and our thought processes have been greatly molded by those things that pertain to, that aren't even real. I'll put it like that. Because most of the time, unless you're watching a documentary, that stuff on TV is not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
5: you know, um, I've, I've seen incidents or cases where um, where somebody, somebody tried to hurt somebody, but, you know, because they can't, reach that person you know they they kept somebody who is um like a family member who's related to the person and hurt them to get to the other person and um just looking at this um paragraph right here when it talks about satan you know and his um hosts are warring against the government of god you know we as human beings who are caught between this war you know um satan doesn't really hate us but he's just trying to get to God and he know that we are God's children and whatever he do to us, you know, whatever, when he tried to discourage us and to make us um, feel isolated or neglected or whatever the case is for us to just give up on our relationship with God and give up on our faith. He's trying to hurt God because the Bible says that God does not wish the death of no sinner. So if a person died in their sin, you know, it doesn't please God. No. but so 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 the devil he's just you know trying to to when he discourages us he's just trying to get us to just lose our way so that you know, um he can just really get to god and the fact that you know we choose because it, it, it says that those who who choose to obey him because we choose to to go on god 's side, we automatically become the enemy of the devil
0: and you know something that that uh has often um Stood out to me is that we, as parents or grandparents or caretakers of children, that not only are we, should we be praying a hedge around them, but we should be living a hedge around them because it says that, you know, the Bible says that it's the righteous that are, that are protected and whose prayers God hears, you know? And so not only should we just simply be praying it, but we should be living it so that Our homes, wherever our family are, wherever our loved ones are, the Lord is protecting them. Mm. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, and then, okay, down in the next paragraph, um, she talks about helping the children and arouse them from lethargy. And she says, by earnest prayer and living faith, great victories will be gained, which is kind of what we were talking about, that living faith is obeying God yourself. Or, or living right around your children, your grandchildren, or whatever. And uh, that earnest prayer. And it's a, I, thought it was, a, huh?
2: I thought it was interesting that first sentence you read,
0: yep.
2: as parents help your children. But then she says, arouse from the lethargy, which has been upon you,
4: mm-hmm.
2: not the children,
4: mm-hmm.
2: the problem. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're too lazy or too busy or too preoccupied or too selfish to properly train their children, like Emile was saying in the Mm way. And she's saying it's the parents' fault, not the children. It's not all Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, we blame them for everything.
0: Right. And a lot of times parents are quick to say, well, my children did this and this and that and the other. But then the children are watching the parents. And parents will do what they see their parents do and not necessarily what they hear their parents say. And so, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> but they got it from, they got it from their parents. I remember one time, uh, you know, Carla was teaching at the Unified School and little boy said a cuss word and she's like, where did you hear that from? I heard it when my, my daddy was talking on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and and it's so funny because she had called the father and said you know your child is a cousin in the classroom and he said i don't know where he got that from the boys told on his nice. daddy <laughs>
3: huh.
0: okay um and then she says that um children should be taught to respect and reverence the hour of prayer. You know, and she says, before leaving the house for labor, all the family should be called together, and the father or the mother, in the father's absence, should plead fervently with God to keep them through the day. Mm-hmm. Come in humility with a heart full of tenderness and with a sense of the temptations and dangers before yourselves and your children. By faith, bind them upon the altar, entreating for them the care of the Lord. Ministering angels will guard children who are thus dedicated to God, and it is the duty of Christian parents, morning and evening, by earnest prayer and persevering faith to make a hedge about their children. We kind of talked about that a little bit, that hedge around your children. They should patiently instruct them, kindly and untiringly teach them how to live in order to please God. Nikita, I'm gonna ask you guys to speak to one of the, um, one of the um, programs that we did for parents train up about the right way to do worship with their children and the wrong way to do worship with your children. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> So you're calling on something from way, way back
1: when. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, f- for parents, if you have children, you want to make it age appropriate. You're not trying to make uh, teenagers do what a four-year-old will do. So you want to make it age appropriate. You want to shorten it if you can. You know, you don't want to make it drag it on and on. My four-year-old, uh, my granddaughter, she measures the prayers. She'll say if it's long, if it's really long, or if <laughs> uh, it was a good prayer. That's when it's <laughs> So you want to make appropriate. <laughs> you want to make it fun and interesting if you can, um, as as far as you possibly can. You don't want to trivialize your your devotion time. You want to make it short. Again, I think I may have said making it short, and um, you also want to pair it with something good. So, for example, um, I may let them bring in one of their teddy bears. Or last night we had. We had snacks when we listen to a tape story, Bible story. So I let them have snacks while they listen to the Bible story and stuff. So you want to make what I'm what I'm doing is, is not what they learn. I'm not teaching them the Bible. That's not my interest. My I'm teaching them to love to learning about God. We want to pair fun, interesting content. We're not trying to make sure they understand Noah's Ark and all the lessons that go there we want them when we talk about devotion that it is a fun interesting time and they don't want to miss. It. like for example this morning uh the younger the two-year-old he was singing the song that we sing in devotion not a lot and i joined him and naomi the four-year-old was upset and she came running there did i miss devotion mm. you haven't missed devotion that's what you want you want them because that's going to carry them the rest of their life whenever they think about devotion They think it's good,
0: it's fun, it's easy, and I enjoy it. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That sounds great. Patsy, I know you worked at uh, St. Louis Unified School. Can you add anything to like the worship in a class setting?
4: Yeah, and I I think with the worship in a class setting that each person has to feel that they have a part. And it, as I said, and I like how we, they used to do it at the Unified School. They would say, so and so, you know, you haven't had a chance to pray this week. And everybody would, you know, bow their head. But everybody was given a chance to, and, and you know, and you, and you do, you know, when you got a class and it's large, you kind of look into and make sure that you're not ticking the same people all the time, but it builds that confidence in that child when, it, when their teacher or their principal says, I'm going to let you pray today. You should see their faces when they light up. It is amazing.
1: And I, I, I want to say too, that I want to piggyback on that. That's absolutely correct, um, Pessie, and that should be done in the home as well. If you want to build... <laughs> Yes, they should have a part in each child, even though the two-year-old, I will ask him, what song would you like to sing? The four-year-old, she can pray. So I may ask him to pray, but he doesn't know anything about that yet. But I will ask her to pray and we stand with that. So yes, that's really, really important. Everybody should have a part to play uh, with it.
0: And uh, I remember something that we did. You can easily
2: go out to YouTube and look up Parents Train Up and look for the family devotion episode
1: isn't pump,
2: pumped up parents sorry pumped, pumped up. up parents on
1: oh, uh-huh.
0: youtube and uh i remember something that we did when our children were growing up we would have worship and we would assign um worship to the children so they had to bring worship mm-hmm. and they had to bring it their way you know of course with guidance of course Mm -hmm. So they had to bring a story or a scripture or a song or a a Bible game or something that they wanted to do during worship. And so they took turns bringing worship and that helped to make it fun and interesting for them. And then sometimes we would think up just fun Bible games to play that we would just think up off the top of our head and had a great time doing some of those games, you know, and uh, one of the, one of the games Mm -hmm. that we did was, to say um, the fourth commandment, each person say one word of it. And then if somebody messed up, we had to start over again and go around the circle until we got it right. and we could go mm-hmm. all the way through it without anybody messing up. And they loved that one. I, uh, it, that was fun for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and hey, you, you, know, think you, know, you think you know that, huh? Go ahead, and finish, I'm sorry. You think you know that until the kids, even the kids, think they know it until you start saying one word yeah. at a time. Each person says one word and you just go around the Let's circle to, get to the end of it. So that was a lot of fun. So I think that involving the children in it rather than just okay. um, speaking to the children or speaking down to the children or reading Bible scriptures or all that kind of stuff you makes it fun and interesting for the children.
4: Now, what I was going to say, you know, like you said, it starts in the home, but then... That's why I used to I used to try to make everybody, I don't care what Adventist church had it, their youth programs, because you get to see what those youth have retained and what they know about the Lord when they're running the programs. And those were some of the best times when the youth was in charge. You know, like you say, even though, you know, there was somebody guiding them along. When they put a program together, you just, I mean, you couldn't help but smile and say, God, God is so good on, on with these children and I said mm-hmm. and as they got older they took responsibility on this is what we want to do all we need y'all to do is give us some backing and that's amazing to see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But- yeah. yeah so Karen
1: I noticed how you uh, when you were ta- talking about your devotion how you were smiling and uh, it's, it even took, began to kind of giggle a little bit that's what we want when our children think about devotion you know from home that they think like that, that it was really fun. And they will do that for their kids. They want that for
3: their children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, for a young kid, for a young kid, you're going to do morning devotion and evening devotion?
1: I will. You know what? Because, well, because I am not working and stuff. Yes. I'm, and my devotions with a two-year-old and a four-year-old, it's not more than, it may take longer, but it's not really, it's a moving thing. Two minutes on a song and then... We might listen. The longest thing is listening to a Bible story on the tape. I have a um, pop-up book that is, is no Ark, and they have pop-up little things, and they get to name the animals while I narrate the story. Just making it so simple and easy as possible. You know, you don't try a two-year-old, three-year-old. You just don't try to do that much. Fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old, you don't try. You you hopefully you've established that with them, even in the car. I would with them right in the car with them, Listen to favorite music, their favorite Christmas, Christian music. You might even say to a 15 and 16 year old, you might say, turn it off." What do you think that means? What does that verse mean? You know, uh, some you know, like I got over, got over what, you know, and stuff. That might lead to some very interesting conversations. It may not, but you don't, what you're trying to do is you're not trying to, we, we spent so many years as a church, and I think Christians in general, not just Adventists, but in general, are trying to beat Jesus into people rather than um, I'm going to try to say present him in such a way that he can do the work that, you know, some opening their hearts to Christ so that the Holy Spirit can do the work in winning them to Christ and stuff. So that's how we want to do is, is kind of help them to open their hearts up, not it in them, not force them, but, you know, helping them to make a better choice. hmm hmm and that seems that seems hard because, you know, we, we want we hear well the man, you know, you have to control the, the household and you got to control your kids and control, control, control. But then what we find is that in the end, we've lost our families because nobody wants to be like beat down or uh, beat into submission, so to speak. But and t- that leads right into
0: the next paragraph, which talks about uh, um, since sens- continual censoring and whipping. What does she say about that in that paragraph 398.1?
2: If you continually um, beating all your kids and constantly fussing at them, they don't draw closer to you, they draw farther away from you.
0: Because mm-hmm.
2: of us, who wants to be around a person like that?
0: Right, right. And her counsel is that parents should first learn to control themselves and then they can more successfully control their children. And you know what? I'm finding that self-discipline and self-control is hard to come by, you know, (laughs) in this world. And a lot of people don't possess it or, or some of us don't possess it to the degree that we should, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it's easy to be impatient with children or grandchildren. It's easy Mm -hmm. to, you know, especially if you're tired or, or not feeling well or something like that or you just you just you know you just they come over and they are at a 10 when they come yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah and you have to deal with that and you have to calm them back down and, and deal with that and well, so a lot
2: of, a lot of it is like you just said self control for the parents you know we have to stop looking at what we want all the time and recognize that these kids need direction and training and they need proper education. For example, uh, my, our two-year-old, he was crying because his, his time to go to sleep and his mom had went somewhere, so he was crying up a storm and, you know, I could have just kept hollering at him to lay down and be quiet, but I had to really miss his mom. He wants some comfort. He don't want somebody. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I laid down with him in the bed and just patted him on his back before, you know, he was asleep.
0: hmm hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that comes with part of understanding what's going on with the child, mm-hmm. first of all, you know, and then taking the patience and the time to deal with it and not just because, Lee, what you did was you came in there to the child and realized, you know, what was really going on with the child.
4: Yeah. Stop
2: looking at what I wanted him to go to sleep and looked at what,
4: mm-hmm.
3: what he, he needed. needed, what he mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. Yep. hmm.
4: Yeah, and you know sometimes when you listen to a little kid and you kind of ask them, say uh, like you know you see you see you see you know how you pick up on something, right? You may say, well, you're not feeling well, and then that kid will say because you know, and, and like I said I'm going back to the unified school because so and so. She yanked something out of my hand. Now, at this point, everybody is supposed to be seated and be quiet. But you got a kid that, that's, that's, that's really mad, and, and instead of yelling at that kid, you say, you know, now this was supposed to be quiet. Now. And then they tell you what's happening, and you think, if that had happened to me, I wouldn't have been quiet either. So sometimes I think it's about listening to the kids, even though they say, you know, you uh, you give them the chance to tell you why they did something, because after they tell you, it might make sense to you, even though you still have to tell them this was not the thing to do because that was not the rule. Mm -hmm. But when they tell you something like that, if somebody come up and snatch something out of your hand. As a child, yeah, you're going to cry or you're going to be screaming like they took my toy and it's mine. And I said, instead of getting mad, find out from that child where they coming from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's
2: good advice for dealing with adults. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> yep.
0: That's true. <laughs> that is true. And you know what? This world would be a better place if we took time to find out and you and, Speaking to what you just said, Lee, if we took time to find out why someone of a different race or a different background or ethnic background or whatever is acting the way that they're acting, you know? yeah. And then she says in that same paragraph that every time parents lose self-control and speak and act impatiently, they sin against God. And that they should first reason with their children, clearly point out their wrongs, show them their sin, and impress upon them that they have not only sinned against their parents, but against God. And she says, with your own hearts subdued and full of pity and sorrow for your erring children, then pray with them before correcting them. Have you ever prayed with your children or grandchildren before correcting them? I have. You have oh yeah, wow! One time, check you out. get yeah. you get you get the blue ribbon, Lakita, because I don't no, remember really. doing that. <laughs> I yeah, I did because I read
1: and uh, before you spank a child, you should have prayer with them, right? And I didn't want to duplicate my own whipping that I got at home. So, <laughs> but listen, one time, uh, Holly, when she was a little girl, she had stuck some flowers into the electrical outlet, and then she poured water on the flowers, right? And I came past and saw. These flowers sticking out, and I just reached down and grabbed them and pulled them out. And then I realized I could have been electrocuted. I realized she could have been electrocuted. Oh, I, was, man. I was ticked off. And, mm-hmm. so, and then I said, What did what you do? And then I was fussing. So I said, I'm going to tear I'm gonna you, I'm going to whip your behalf because you didn't have any business doing that. So then, um, as I knelt down, the Holy Spirit said, You should have been watching her. She's mm-hmm. electricity. You And she was crying because she was scared because I was scared and I was out of control, like the book is saying. And so then and then when I did, I said that I was getting ready to pray and the Holy Spirit corrected me. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I felt so bad. I wanted to cry, but I didn't want to cry in front of her. So she was busy crying and stuff. And so after I said the prayer, you know, I just hugged her up and said, okay, just we don't play with electricity it's very dangerous and mommy was scared, and so it's okay. And I didn't spank her, because I was wrong, and I re- the Holy Spirit told me. And I think that's why we have to get on our knees before, because some, a lot of stuff that we're complaining about, for example, the wall this morning, I should have been watching him. There was no reason for, you know, if I had been watching him, that would not have happened. He's mm-hmm. too old. All he sees is a big empty wall with his artwork. And later on, he accused Naomi but she was like, I didn't do it. That was Isaac. So then we, um, when he came in, he was smiling and looking at us while we was looking at his picture. <laughs> and I said, Isaac, did you write on the wall? He said, uh uh-huh. He said, uh-huh. He was so happy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he was
0: looking for praise for his-, for his
1: for He his might be armor. an artist growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we told him, don't write on the wall, Isaac. But I had already told Holly- You know, I should have been watching him. I gave him that pencil and I just didn't think anything more about it. So, you know, we have to, some of this stuff is on us and we have to Mm be
0: about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And we can't be lazy caretakers. Like I was this morning, right? (laughs) (laughs) I remember when my oldest son was young, he was six months old. As a matter of fact, he had just learned to sit up and uh, my husband had left, uh, uh, I guess, a, a bag with shampoo in it near him because he really wasn't old enough to walk yet he could only just sit up and grab whatever was around him and he grabbed that bag of shampoo he got the top off of it and he dumped it all in the rug whoa and my husband was so mad he wanted to beat him and i said no you can't beat him he's He's only six six months months old he did not know that he should not open the shampoo and dump it in the rug. He just, as far as he knows, oh, this is something that, let me see what this is. It's in my reach, let me see what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and I said, he has to be taught and he's not old enough even to be taught not to do that yet, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, yeah. Okay, the next paragraph uh, 398.2. She talks about parents giving their children a religious education and also a school education. And she says that it's a sin for parents to allow their children to grow up in ignorance. And I'm of the opinion, now that my children are all grown, that the best education for them is going to be a Christian education. And sometimes my I heard, I've heard my husband say the worst Christian education is better than the best public education. Main reason being is that Christ is at the center of that.
4: And but I think, wait a minute, I think you have to go back though. You got a lot of kids that go to public education that are involved, I mean, deep into their churches.
3: Okay. Yeah, okay. but my children went to, uh, well, Lutheran school, and that was just like a regular public school.
0: Mm. So, one of the things that was interesting is because, um, when children get the same instruction at home and at school and at church, it forms a nice triangle so that they're being taught the same thing in every I area. agree with that. Yes, yes. hmm And everything is should be consistent. <laughs> I'll
5: put it like that.
0: Everything should be consistent and be Christ centered in that in that regard. Um I don't know if Andre's still on, if he wants to speak anything to that because he had an experience with that, but um, he must not be on. And then she says in the next paragraph that, that the recording angel writes every impatient, fretful word we utter to our children and every failure on our part to give them proper instruction and show them the exceeding sinfulness of sin and the final result of a sinful course is marked against our name. You know what? You ever thought about, uh, huh? Oh, just a second. I'll ask it again if you're listening. Um, and so, have you ever thought about getting on your knees and asking forgiveness for the things that you failed to teach your children? Showing them the exceeding sinfulness of sin, the final result of a sinful course. You ever thought about yep. that, asking forgiveness for what you failed to teach them, what you failed to show them? She says, yeah, every yeah, word. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I but I will since you said it. Since I'm paying, it, since I'm reading it, she says, Every unguarded word spoken before them, carelessly or in jest, every word that is not chased and elevated, the recording angel marks as a spot against your Christian character.
1: Help us all
0: your acts are recorded, whether for good or for bad. Who was going to say something? And I was just saying, Help us, Lord. That's all I was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What's the you know, sense? one, but, you one know, good
0: thing about these readings is that it points out to you our failures as well as our as well as our triumphs yeah. in
4: life. But, you know, but also, also, Karen, I think with Ellen White's writings, it lets us know that we weren't perfect parents, and we, even though you know we 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 prayed to God and stuff, but the Holy Spirit still led us to do the best we can with what we knew. On, on, on asking God to lead us to, you know, to, to making sure we lead our children in the white, right way. So I do think, like they say, there's no book that will be written for, for parenting because, like I said, my girls are like day and night. I said, what worked for, for my oldest daughter didn't work for my youngest daughter. So I had to go back and do changes, you know. I said, even though, you know, you try to say, I'm trying to make sure they got the same values, they're raised the same way. What worked for one child does not work for the other. So it's not one of those one fit for all. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Because mm-hmm. I remember, Karen,
1: you guys, um, I grew up in the family of 12. Now, I must admit, I was a little on the um, um, challenging side. That's to put it nicely. I can believe that. OK, watch it, girl. But anyway, uh, so I got spankings, you know, and sometimes I got spankings from stuff I didn't do. But I always figured that there was something I did that my mom didn't catch me, and there always was, so it evened itself out. But I had a brother, one of my brothers, I hope he's not listening. He could not take a whipping. I mean, that boy would cry, get on his knees and beg. I was like, so humiliated for him. I'm like, just mama, just give me, I never said it, but I'm thinking I'll just take the whip. Let's just get this thing over with. Cause he was, he just could not take a whipping. And he was, but I'd say this, maybe in his life, I've seen her attempt to whip him twice. He wasn't, uh, he would not do too much of bad, but he would plead, he would beg, he would just I mean, it was like, it was going to be a traumatic event for him. If he got spanking me, it was like, okay, hurry up. Let's get this over with. (laughs) There's other stuff to be done around here. Now I didn't do the same thing twice, but I found enough things to keep doing. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, I completely agree with that. Everybody is not the same. You know, some kids, you can just say, you know, Hey, don't do that. That's not the right thing to do. And they hear it. They get it. And it's, it's okay. You know,
0: Mm -hmm. you have to tarry with long for real. Mm -hmm. And then uh, down in paragraph 401.1, and I'm just going to go through some of these next paragraphs quickly because we're coming to the end of our class time. She says, fathers and mothers speak kindly to your children. And basically, if you don't want to hear a lot of fussing at yourself from your spouse or someone else, think about your children and don't lay that same censor and burden on your children. Don't speak irritably and angrily to your children. And they're weaker than you. And so they're more subject to the attacks of Satan than you, because they don't have that that uh, whole armor on them yet, perhaps. And then she says in the next paragraph, she says parents, some parents mistake in giving their children too much liberty. And she talks about um, children that um, are allowed to go on, and it's probably down another paragraph. She talks about children that are allowed to go on. Extended visits away from home with other families. And she says those children begin to basically value their independence more than respect for their parents. And they think that they have a right to that independence. And so she says that's not a good idea. Okay.
4: That's 402.2. Okay. And she
0: says that they're not, they they tend to. Think they're grown. uh, Right. Absolutely. Think they're grown. And that if you do that, you should accompany them or not allow their stay to be so far or so long. Um,
4: But, you know, Kiri, when when I grew up and my dad wouldn't let us stay at people's house where the other kids in the neighborhood got to stay, those kids would be like your daddy making you all act like white kids. And I mean, it was like it made them. Get, get you know made them have a have an attitude toward us and we was like well we got to do what my daddy said my daddy said we can't stay there and they was like your daddy always thinking that y'all better than there, and it's like and my dad used to say well, let their parents take care of their house this my house this the rules at my house
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. absolutely um any other comments on that? Uh, parents not allowing your children to go too far for too long?
2: Well, I like the part where it says the more they're permitted to visit, the greater be their desire to go and less attractive will home seem to them. So mm-hmm. like saying make your time at home with your children enjoyable. Make it something that they desire and want to experience. Don't push them away because the world That's is calling right. them. We don't want to help push So let's remember to keep our homes as a little part of heaven each and every day.
4: Mm -hmm. And you know, when we look back in our neighborhood of the kids that got to do a lot of freedoms that you know, I said we were the family that always had a father and a mother. And it's like when you look back now and you say, you know, I wonder whatever happened to Teresa or whatever. And, you know, and you just when you when you're at home visiting, they're like, no, nah, girl, she's she in jail. You know what I'm saying? And I said, it's not that we were better. I said, but that two parent household with mom and dad, if dad told, you no, you knew you couldn't run to mom and say, mama, they having a slumber party. Please let me go. It was just it, you didn't think of that. It was once one of the parents said, no, that was it. And then you, as you grew up, you like, I see why dad didn't want us at these different people houses. Because I'm going to be honest, in my neighborhood, there was so many people uh, that was getting drunk and stuff. And when their kids had a slumber party, they was offering liquor to the ones, like, this little beer won't hurt you. And my daddy knew about it. But we didn't, as children, we didn't know. we like, well, why does he always say no? Then when we grew up, we like, so that's what was going on. So we were just thankful that my daddy had a, enough got godly uh, sense to say, this is not going to be with my children. My children are going to, like you said, enjoy what we have at home.
2: Well, you know, it's like they always point out with uh, prisoners, when they question, interview prisoners, uh, many prisoners say they wish they had more structure and more discipline and more rules at home. They might not end up in prison where they were at, but mm-hmm. because lack of discipline and wow. school, they were just allowed to run wild and if you're allowed to run wild at home guess what you're gonna run wild out in the streets too
0: you're gonna run wild even more out in the streets than at home because there's still gonna be that watchful eye over you at home to some extent mm-hmm. and there's nothing out there in the streets and she says that some parents have suffered their children to form wrong this is paragraph 403.1 they've the bottom part of that some parents have suffered their children to form wrong habits the marks of which may be seen all through life and upon the parents lies this sin these children may profess to be christians yet without a special work of grace upon the heart and a thorough reform in their life in life their past habits will be seen in all they experience and they will exhibit just the character to which their parents have allowed them to form um And then as she goes on in this, she starts talking about the standard of piety being so low among professed Christians and that they basically, while they, while they say that they are Christians, there's no distinction between them and the world. And they profess to be living for Christ, but they're really living for the world and their faith has, but little restraining influence upon their pleasures You know, it's so funny because we're in this pandemic right now and people hate it. They want to get back to the pleasures of this world and they want to get back to Mm -hmm. all the things they were doing before this. And they don't see the bars. Yep. I think they just, Illinois just closed down all the restaurants again. And some of the restaurants will not be able to survive because they don't have any ability for outside seating or for... um, I guess they could do takeout, but that's very limited. That's more, much more limited than people being able to come in. But people wanna get back to all of that. And I, and I noticed like for the sports games, some of them have an audience spaced apart, but other ones just have the, the little cardboard mannequins in the seats or whatever. But um, people want to be able to get back to the fun life that they had before.
1: So why do you have? It's like the- why do you have sixty million Americans voting for a person who calls out? I think
3: it's more than that now. More all that now.
1: stuff, you know. I mean, you want your old life back. You got to stop what's going on. But anyway, that was just a question. It's off the subject. So
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a thought question, huh? Yeah, that's just a thought question. What were you gonna say, Alvina?
3: I she I forgot.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, Patsy, were you going to say something?
4: I was going to say, uh, and, and you know, you talk about the the kids, you know, the ones that supposed to what is it profess, profess that they're Christians, but you know, I found out that you, like 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 I said, when you raise a child, and even as they get older and they get around their friends. I said, I can't remember hearing Kenda quote stuff that she learned at the, at the church and say, no, nah, wait a you wrong about that. I know you go to church. And Kendra was like, this is what we learned, and we can show it to you in the Bible. And I never, and I never thought about that until one day Bobby Evans, Elder Bobby at the church, Kenda was assisting him in a classroom, and he said, do you know? How much she knows? And I said, well, she don't show it at home half the time. He goes, but she got a good head when it comes to the Bible on her shoulder. And I said, that's because I said, you know, when she was young, I said, my brother, I said, even though I said, once I took a job up here, I was traveling back and forth. I said, she attended my brother's church, but my sister would come from the Adventist church and pick him up on Sabbath. I said and let her come to church. And then he was like, But she just has a good knowledge, but I didn't see it because she Lord have mercy, help me, Lord. But there there was times when I said, I don't even know if 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 it's if, if the devil ain't working in her soul. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't
1: claim it, Pessie, don't claim it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: I noticed, I noticed. But it's you know,
4: amazing uh, when, when somebody else can get through, I mean, let her, you know, like I said, she loved being in that room helping Bobby Irving, and I thought, wow, what a compliment for her from Christ to know that Christ is using her. Mm-hmm. Man. What were you going to say, Lee?
2: I noticed this part where it says, the mass of professed Christians have removed the line of distinction between Christians and the world. And while they profess to be living for Christ, they're living for the world. Their faith has but little restraining influence upon their pleasures. While they profess to be children of light, they walk in darkness And our children of the night and of the darkness. And our children can see that in us as their parents. You know, we say, mm-hmm. other, kids aren't stupid. You know, they have brains too. And they can tell that you're saying you're doing this but on the other hand, what you're really doing is not the same thing. So we have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. I know we've all heard of fellow Christians who we love and adore at church who are upstanding Christians, but when they get home, they're like a holy terror to the family. And that just shows a bad light upon Christianity.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's true. And um, let's see, let's skip one down. She says that um, <laughs> she says that they profess to be Christians because it is considered honorable, but there is no cross for them to bear and their motives are often selfish. And so we know that, that if we want to follow Christ, we have to take up our cross and follow him, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. And she says that the professed Christian, the profligate, the open scoffer at religion and the openly profane all mingle together as one. And God regards them as one in spirit and in practice. So we have to be careful that we are not a part of that group because God looks at them all as one. Um, And then let me see, we're gonna, a couple more places I wanna point out and then we're gonna go ahead and close out. In the middle of paragraph four, 4.1, she says that God has revealed sacred and holy truths to separate his people from the ungodly and to purify them unto himself. And Seventh-day Adventists should live out their faith. Those who obey the Ten Commandments view the state of the world and religious things from a standpoint altogether different from that of professors who are lovers of pleasure and who shun the cross and live in violation of the fourth commandment." Um, any comments on that? Okay. The final thing I wanna point out is in the last paragraph, middle of the last paragraph. And she says that um, to live in such a manner that our ways will be pleasing to God and our names registered in the book of life will require watchfulness and prayer, self-denial and sacrifice on our part. And so with that, we're gonna close out unless there's any comments on that. Um, But that that is the way that we should be living. Watchfulness, prayer, self-denial, and self-sacrifice on our part. Any comments on that?
2: I like, well, the sentence right after that says, professed Christians are no example for the youth, only as far as they follow Christ. So, uh, you know, a lot of times professional athletes would say, I'm no role model, you know, because they don't want to be held accountable for their actions by others. But as Christians, we should want to be role models. But as she said, as long as we're following Christ, we want to be role models. So as
3: mm-hmm. we
2: sacrifice and, and uh, pray and stay under the Holy Spirit's guidance so that we will be good examples of Christ to all that we meet.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right, Lee, where are we next week?
2: Uh, we're in chapter two of the book Heaven by Ellen White.
0: Okay, so Patsy, I have a little story for you. Okay, before we close uh-huh. out. Uh huh. So you know, I had given you uh, um, printouts of a couple of chapters in the book
4: Heaven. Yeah, I saw that, and then I wanted to thank you because Daryl ordered a book, and it came yesterday. Oh, okay. It's the Lord. Okay. Well, praise yeah, he, the Lord for that. And thank well, you so Lord. much. And thank you everybody for your prayers because I did get out and vote. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Amen.
0: And every vote makes a difference, even in a red state. <laughs> uh, it's not it going to be red for long, though. Well, we, we, well, we'll see. We'll see about that one. Anyway, O'Meal, uh, you mind praying us out?
5: Sure, sure. I uh, let us pray. Oh, great God and our Father, we, we are truly grateful to be called your son and daughter. We thank you, O oh God, for how you You watch over us and you cater for us. I pray, God, that the the same thing that you do for us that we will do for our own children. God, I pray that whatever we have learned during the course of our studies today, I pray, God, that it will be a part of our everyday life. God, I pray for every parent, God, that you will have them, oh God, to be the example, the role model to their children. I pray, God, that I pray for the young children. I pray for young adults who, oh God, is taking up the role of a parent. I pray, God, that you will instruct them diligently, oh God, in the way in which they should cater and love and care for their children. God, I pray even for the, the person, oh God, who is about to become a parent for the first time. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, oh God, will impress upon their hearts what they should do in order to to admonition their child in the way of the Lord. Oh God, as we depart one from another, we ask that your Holy Spirit will be with us. This is my prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, I pray and give
0: thanks. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Discipleship Class. Join us next week, the same time, Central Time, 2.30 p.m. Central Time. All right. Hey, have a great week. I have okay. an
1: announcement for it. Wait a minute! Don't close. Okay, side. go ahead. Don't close. Okay, so we are doing
0: a group. So anybody who have
1: family members or friends who are um, suffering from uh, anxiety, depression, isolation, uh, needing any type of support, emotional support, we're doing a group, and uh, they can contact me um, or Karen. Karen's gonna send out the information today and my mm-hmm. contact this week, and my contact information is on there. Otherwise, contact me directly, and then we will get them set up to join the group this week. It'll be an 8
0: group, and it's free. All is free. Okay. Karen, Karen, don't forget me, okay? I won't. And if anybody that's watching online would like to join, I'll post it on our Facebook page, uh, Tabernacle of Praise Seventh-day Adventist Church, and so you can find us that way. All right.
2: Also, did everyone that wanted it get those uh handouts for test of a profit?
0: No, I didn't get them. Okay. Uh Patsy, I actually printed it out for you, so I'll I'll get that to you. Okay. All right, thank you. You're welcome. All right. right bye bye. Everyone have a good week. Okay. Bye you safe too. week. Stay safe, everybody. Okay. you Karen.